Hello, everybody. Welcome to my skincare ASMR. First, we're going to turn on the water to a lukewarm setting. Now take out your cleansing balm. Open the lid and scoop up some of the cleansing balm and put it on your dry face and melt away the day. Melt away the makeup, the sunscreen, the dirt, the pollution. <laughs> the stress. That is, cool. is, is this a meditation routine? It feels like a meditation routine here. Yeah. Skincare is the best thing ever. It's like literally it is meditative. What I, it is. It's what I look forward to every single day. Okay. Well, thank you, Miriam, for starting us on um, our new practice, which is that we will start with meditation via skincare routine. Um, for our listeners, hello, hello. Welcome to Bundle of Hers. Woo, woo. We are in the actual studio. Actual yes. studio. Ooh, Rarity. Yes. I know. Amazing. This is Exciting. my first time Yay. in the studio. And this is Ha, and I'm here with Margot and Miriam. Um, what were you saying about like how you're feeling about the episode topic, Miriam? Very excited because I'm in my feels about this topic. Ooh, feels. Love it. There's also a beautiful twice K-pop song, but it's called The Feels. That's my plug for K-pop. <laughs> <laughs> always gotta have a plug. Always. Gotta be a plug. Always. Um, but as I like to kind of like set up on this topic, I actually wanted to start off by telling this story and it's called, I refer to it as the Mike prophecy story. Basically, for all of our listeners who don't know, in our medical school, we have this advisor who he advises particularly for third and fourth years called Mike. When I was just a new like MS1 trying to figure out my life, I set up an advising with like the MS1 and MS2 advisor, but she was out of town that day. So Mike decided to be the substitute advisor, which was very, very kind of him. So I sat down and I was just trying to figure out my life, talk about like, how do you like explore and figure out your specialties? Because MS1 undecided, trying to really get a vibe about things. And Mike goes and he pulls up the spreadsheet with my Clifton Strengths Finder assessment. Um, and for those who don't know, like Clifton Strengths Finders is kind of like MBTIs, like kind of looking at your horoscope. It just tells you like what who you are innately and your strengths, apparently. Or at least it wants to. Yeah. At least, well, I love looking at astrology and horoscopes. So I swear by the Strengths Finder assessment. And so it tells you all of this. And and he like pulls it up and he was like, wow, looking at all of your strengths, I get the sense that you're going to be the type of person who will be between two to three, at least two to three different specialties when it comes to decision time. And you're going to have to give something up to make the decision. <laughs> and I was just an MS1 and I sat there. I was like, no, Mike, why did you say this to me? And I was freaking out. I was like, this is not going to happen. I refuse to become this. Well, lo and behold, by the time I hit third end of third year, beginning of fourth year, having to decide between specialties, I was between two specialties and I could not figure it out for the life of me, which is why I refer to this as the Mike prophecy, because Mike and Clifton Strengths Finders Assessment prophesized my entire future. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mike knows all. I know. He really does. He, yeah, he goes back to even before Harjeet, my and Lean's time. Um, but he also was a great help and guide for us too. Also a source of stress, I guess. <laughs> yes. 
We love you, Mike, if you're listening. Shout out to Mike. Um, But all of this is just to say, like, if you haven't figured it out by the story, is that this topic was talking about specialties. In a prior Bundle of Hers episode, particularly season three, um, episode one, Margot, Lean, Bushra, and Harjeet had been able to already talk a bit about choosing your specialty and, like, expectations versus reality of it and about talking about how envisioning your own way of practicing medicine. I kind of, for this episode, I really want to focus on what we were talking about with our big theme of the season, which is identity. So thinking about specialties as identity, really thinking about how does medical culture frame our chosen specialty as our calling? Um, how does this really complicate the process of choosing a specialty? And what does it mean when our chosen specialty and the community that we're going to belong in doesn't completely fit us? Like, how do we reconcile that? Because all three of us are in very different points Mm -hmm. of our lives with specialty decision making, right? Yeah. As I had alluded with the Mike prophecy is that I was between two specialties. It was pediatrics and OB-GYN. And while I have matched into pediatrics, I actually dual applied. And it's a very uh, secretive, like secret, secret thing being a dual applicant, though like my mentors and like a lot of my advisors were aware of the process. And that's why like the concept of specialty as identity is so paramount to me because it was something that really like bogged down and really affected my whole decision making process. I love that we're talking about revisiting specialties, but with the emphasis of identity. And I think many of our listeners will probably be familiar with a lot of the TikTok identities, um, (laughs) particularly Dr. Glaucoma Flecken and et cetera, who have kind of emphasize the stereotypes and identities that come along with different um, specialties. And so I think it's really important to a acknowledge that these identities and stereotypes exist within specialties. But also to your point, we don't all have to fit those stereotypes to belong in the specialty. And I think finding your specialty is much more than the stereotype, but medical school and our sort of medical culture makes that very, very difficult And so I guess, I don't know, it's kind of like we have the ghosts of the past, future, and present here at the (laughs) table, which is cool. Um, So I don't know if we want to start with, like, the past, me, or the future, Oh, Oh my gosh. I I think of, like, the Christmas Carol sequence. Yeah, so let's start with the past. Ghost of matching past. Yeah, I love that. Ghost of matching past. Uh, Chris, this is actually, this episode is a Specialty Carol. (laughs) Specialty Carol. Specialty Carol. (laughs) Um, So thinking back in that episode, how referred to, um, I talked about my specialty in first and second year that I thought I was going to do was pediatric orthopedics, which is so different than what I'm doing now, which is pediatrics and child psychiatry. For my first and second year of med school, I shadowed a lot. I was very involved with the different student groups. I was working particularly with one mentor who I think when I reflect back was a big reason why I liked the specialty, not the actual specialty itself, like the work of the specialty. And I think that's something that's important is 
who our mentors are can really make us feel like we belong. And that's part of identity, right, is finding our community. And if you really connect with a mentor or someone that you're shadowing with and they really like reach out to you rather than like close off their doors, it can make you feel like, oh, hey, this is a community that I could Mm -hmm. find myself in. And I think it's very important to recognize that one person's interaction with you is not definitive of an entire specialty nor is it going to be predictive of how you will actually like doing the work. Being a medical student shadowing and not having the weight of the responsibility of the work is very different than being an attending, bearing the full weight of the responsibility in the work of the specialty that you choose. Essentially, I came to a point in third year where I was at a real, I had a lot of internal dissonance and identity mm-hmm. soul searching about saying, I am a surgeon. I want to be a surgeon. How can I like psychiatry? Because I loved my psychiatry rotation. Kids, I knew all along that I was going to do pediatrics. So that was not really a hard thing. But this conflict of like, I must be a surgeon, that like stereotype and that identity really butt heads with now this idea of a psychiatrist, which like the stereotype is like, some old dude in like, you know, herringbone jacket or something, right? (laughs) Like just sitting in an armchair psychoanalyzing people and like, that's not me, but why do I love this like so much? Um, I didn't expect to have so much like actual like anxiety and dissonance, like literal internal dissonance around coming to the decision that maybe I didn't want to do surgery Mm -hmm. and letting that go. It took a lot of reflection, but when I think about it, I really do think it was because I felt welcomed by that one mentor and the community that what of what she represented. The other part of it, I think, is my own personal like need to contradict everything. And so I'm like, oh, orthos for white bros. Like <laughs> after that, I'm gonna do it, right? Like I can do it too. And that was also something I needed to recognize in me is not mm-hmm. a reason to go into the OR for the rest of your life. And so I, I realized through my surgery rotation that like Outside of that mentor that I had, the rest of the people I was interacting with, the type of work, the schedule, it just like wasn't me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't who I was. And that takes a lot to uncover like who sometimes like uncover those truths of like Mm -hmm. the glory of like being a surgeon because our society stereotypes that. Right. Mm -hmm. And like what that means with now being like, no, I actually am rejecting that for myself. Um, and learning a lot about who I am. Um, so it was a real identity journey and I struggled with it a lot, even up until when I was doing my applications. And I think I kind of solidified when I finally submitted my applications Mm -hmm. for triple board, which is pediatrics and child psychiatry combined program that I was like comfortable in this sort of like identity of, and like path of who I was going to be in the specialty. And I think when, um, I guess now is, Christmas Carol, it's like the ghost of Christmas present that comes next, right? Yes. Okay. Sure okay. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. And Mario, as you were talking about that, there was just so much that you said that I was like, wow, like snapping my fingers. Yes. But I don't know how to snap that was my fingers. You said. Yeah. yeah. I've resonated with a lot of what you were saying about identity dissonance and about also like being drawn to certain fields because of communities or because of mentorship and other like social factors and expectations too. And really trying to unpack that with who you are and what you want. And so for me, like my 
journey was actually like very, very messy. I came into medical school thinking I was going to do a lot of different things, probably primary care focused. When I entered third year, actually, one of the things I thought I wanted to do was psychiatry. But after doing my psychiatry rotation, I felt I realized it wasn't the best fit for me, but really hanging on like for like a good chunk of second year. And I think the reason why was because of Harjeet and Margot mm-hmm. seeing like these badass like psychiatrists or like psychiatry to be people. I really resonated with it. And I was like, oh, I want to join this field. And so for a lot of second year, I was anchoring myself on psychiatry so much. And when I did my psychiatry rotation, I realized it wasn't the best fit for me, even though I still really love all that the field has to offer. And I was a bit at a loss. And by the end of third year, what I realized was because for me, it ended up being kind of like a process of elimination and just seeing how mm-hmm. I felt in rotations. And the two that I enjoyed the most were ob and pediatrics, which for a lot of people, when you tell them I'm in between ob and pediatrics, people are very confused because they feel like two very different specialties. And I think for the work, it can feel very different. But I was really drawn to the core of both of them, which was really centered in advocacy mm-hmm. and really centered in uplifting individuals and also having that primary care bent within it too, while still being a bit more like targeted, like community that I didn't feel as overwhelmed as versus when I was in family medicine. So I was really drawn to them and I really liked the work. I really liked the patient community. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do my two sub eyes and it will even and out. But as you were talking about, Margot, there were so many other outside factors that were playing into my decision making. I felt like a lot of my closer like friends within my class were in ob So I felt like this pull of this community within my class of people really like going together. We got matching scrub caps and all of that. So like it just felt like there was this great community in ob And there was just also this other sense that when I looked at OB, there weren't enough people who looked like me or who even thought like me. And I really felt this pull like I wanted to like change this. I wanted to be the difference. But also at the same time, because of the fact that I didn't feel like I belonged within ob it was really hard for me to reconcile that and reconcile if I was willing to like give up a lot of other things that I valued, such as wellness, such as my time to do things such because ob is like it's a really hard training residency program. And I think people can bring in like their passions in like global health and medical education and in mentorship and all of that. But with the time constraints, and what you need to do in OB, it's a lot harder than maybe per se doing it in pediatrics, where a lot of pediatric programs have pathways and like evolved for you to do those types of work and thinking about like, am I willing to like give up my love of like being able to tutor or like work with medical students very deeply and think about education and think about really working with the community and also just like thinking about not doing call and getting to do night flow a bit more frequently. And so I was really grappling with what felt like two very different sides of the story. And then everyone around me had really strong opinions about ob versus pediatrics to the point that one intern in surgery recognized me randomly at a gelato shop based on my ob versus pediatrics tobacco. Like he <laughs> overheard me talking about this and he recognized me. And some people are like, I don't think you like fit like a surgeon. So I feel like your energy fits for like pediatrics. Other people are like, you would do so well in ob I'd love to see you as an ob And 
when you get so many different thoughts and so many opinions and so many of these outside factors, it really clouds your ability to make judgments. And the medical training system sucks so much. By the time I finished my two sub eyes and took step two, I was so burnt out that I couldn't feel like I could make a decision. And I honestly, I couldn't do what Mike told me I had to do. I couldn't let things go. So I ended up dual applying and I don't really encourage it because I think it's a pretty grueling process and you're constantly throughout the whole application cycle dealing with identity dissonance. You're dealing with trying to like figure out like, who am I? As you're trying to sell yourself in interviews, you're going, am I a pediatrician or am I an OB-GYN? And it's very confusing and very like conflicting a lot of times. But I think like for me, what ended up happening was I just kind of told my story the way I wanted to tell it. And I ended up figuring out through it, like through the ways that people responded to my story, through the ways that I saw like how I was thinking about things with like my interviewers, that pediatrics really fit me a lot better. So I ended up ranking my pediatric programs a lot higher than my OB-GYN programs. And I think that's like the hard thing is like trying to still be really like stoked about a specialty that you're going in and knowing that it's your great fit for you and that you love it wholeheartedly. It's not like the second choice or anything of that means, but still like sitting there and going, there was like another future that I could envision for myself and I had to let it go. And I made the best decision for me and I like stand by what I did, but it's still like kind of heartbreaking. It's kind of the whole time this I did this process, people kept comparing it to like being in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just remember how you being over at my place one time and I was like, how are you doing? And you were like, Miriam, I think I'm going to officially break up with OB. <laughs> I was like, oh, how can I support you? <laughs> you know, like, I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah. So, yeah, I could see how it felt like a break. <laughs> I'm very overdramatic, too. So no. that might have contributed to it. No, I can definitely. I feel like that makes a lot of sense. And I guess like going through it right now. So I guess I'm like the ghost of like matching future, right? Um, this is Mariam, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm on my second to last rotation of third year. And I think when <clears throat> both of you guys were talking about your experiences, I kind of, I've definitely seen you go through it. How this past year and like Margo, we've talked about your experience. And I, I think I, can personally relate to a lot of the things that you have gone through and something that stuck out as you guys were speaking, was this concept of like radical honesty throughout this process and how difficult radical honesty is in general, but especially like when you're going through this process. And third year is a really challenging year because you kind of get a snapshot of what each specialty looks like. And while you're learning all the things and like working really stressful hours and like doing all these things, balancing being a medical student, you also have to like maintain a level of self-awareness of like what makes you happy and like what fills your cup and, you know, make these like really big future decisions. And that's been kind of like the challenge of, you know, third year. I feel like I'm in a better place now because I have come to a decision of which specialty I want to go into, which I will tell you guys in a minute. Um, I know you guys are very excited to hear what it is. Um, but I wanted to kind of talk about like my journey as I started third year um, and kind of like how I came to the decision. 
So when I started third year, I had kind of an interesting schedule. My first rotation was actually my four weeks of electives, which was interesting. <laughs> um, it was an interesting way to start third year. I signed up for a derm elective because I flirted with the idea of going into dermatology, which I realized is now really hilarious because the cold open for today was a <laughs> I am really passionate about skincare. And we had like a derm week last year. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, what if I did this? Like, what if I, you know, was a dermatologist? And derm is a really competitive specialty. So I wanted to like know straight away if I wanted to do derm. So I did four weeks of it and I liked it. It was fine, but it was like definitely not what I wanted to do. So then I jumped into neuro. Uh, that was my next core rotation. And I honestly, the first few weeks, I remember just being really miserable on neuro. It was a really interesting specialty, but it was just not for me. And I kept lying to myself and other people that I really liked neuro and like that I might want to go into it. Then I went, I started my general surgery rotation and really liked being in the OR, but, you know, didn't like fully vibe with it. And I then told a whole bunch of people, I'm kind of interested in general surgery. So I literally just bounced around. Then I did my medicine rotation <laughs> and then I was like, okay, this is the one, right? Like I I was pretty set on medicine to the point where I reached out to like medicine specialty mentors. And I was like, I think like I want to do medicine to pursue either oncology or palliative, or I could be a hospitalist. Like this is the one I love medicine. Then I did my family medicine rotation and I loved family medicine. And I was like, should I do family medicine? And then after that, I did my psych rotation and I was like, what if I did med psych? So honestly, I kind of jumped around. It was kind of a chaotic year. And I think with each experience, the excitement of like being in that space and experiencing these things for the first time led to kind of like that, like, oh, should I do this? Because I think third year offered me the opportunity of imagining things for myself that I wouldn't have ever imagined for myself before, before medical school. And even like in my first two years of medical school, similar to you, how like I thought I was going to do like primary care. I thought I was going to do, you know, a specialty like family medicine, family practice, because I think it fit my personality well. And that's just kind of what I imagined for myself. Um, but then I got to experience the OR and I was like, this is really exciting. So I started to kind of imagine these possibilities. And finally, when I got to my OB-GYN rotation, which is the rotation that I'm on right now, I scrubbed into a C-section. And by the way, I kind of was like, I'm not going to do OB because OB is like not the one. It's like not medicine-y enough. It is just like, I, I think like you alluded to this habit, like has this like reputation of having a little bit more of a toxic culture and the residency is like really intense. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this. And then the second I scrubbed into the C-section, we delivered this baby. I actually started crying in the OR, like tears of joy and happiness. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I walked out and I told my resident, I was like, should I do OB? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, maybe. And so the next few weeks just kind of like went on on labor and delivery specifically. And I just had the time of my life. And it was just this fantastic experience. And it felt different than the other rotations that I had prior. Um, because I think in the other rotations, I was trying to really convince myself that I could see myself in something because I was trying to imagine those possibilities for myself. But when I went through OB, I was like, no, this is actually what I want. This is really like filling my cup. I felt like six weeks wasn't enough. I'm definitely very exhausted, <laughs> but it's been a really fantastic experience. And so, yeah, OB guy, and that's the one. Woo! But if 
if next year I like record an episode and I'm like, I'm actually going to this other specialty, then I have a problem, clearly, because no, you no, you're allowed no. to change. No, yeah. you are. Yeah. You're totally allowed to change, as Margo said. Exactly. It's funny because I feel like everyone like in the bundles were kind of like, we feel like Miriam's going to land an OBE, but you were high key, very denying it. I don't know. I kind of always. I think. Do you know what I think it was? I think also kind of going into our conversation about like other people's expectations for us. I had heard a lot that like I would be good in primary care. I would also be good in OB because I worked in women's health before. But a part of me like wanted to reject that when I started third year because I was like, what if I could be like a trauma surgeon? Like nobody would expect that from like a little Middle Eastern girl. You know what I mean? Like what if I was that girl? Kind of like what Margot. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's it's real. It's just like you want to transcend the stereotypes. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of the day, you have to come back to this radical honesty Mm -hmm. of like, Sure, I can do that. And you are absolutely capable of being that trauma surgeon if yeah, you wanted to. Totally. The end of the day, you have to visit, is it filling your cup? Because yeah. that's this is a career choice that you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. And like rewind back to our 80-hour work week. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're in it and like <laughs> committed. So yeah. Yeah. not to say you can't change. Like, And I want to put a plug that for third year and medical school is a very limited time of mm-hmm. tastes of different specialties. And it's a very big decision to mm-hmm. make um, and to sort of really know your identity and make that leap into what specialty you're going to choose. And I want to say it's not talked about that much, but it is mm-hmm. possible to change courses. Once oh, yeah. you start yeah. intern year, you can transfer, you can rematch. These are all options. They're harder. Yeah. Like not as common, but you can do it. And I think like the other thing is I just always want to like give that space that it's okay to like feel definite and then feel doubt and to like waver. I think that a lot of times with medicine, we like to really push that our specialty is our one true Mm -hmm. calling. And I'm really happy whenever people tell stories where they're like, wow, I did this like rotation and it just clicked. I'm like, good for you. I'm like really happy for you. Like you, Miriam, I'm really happy for you. But also there's like a part of me that goes like, but that's not always the story, right? I want to like normalize that it's totally okay for you to love a lot of different specialties and to love a lot of different things and realize that all those things that you love, that even if they're not in the specialty you chose, it's still a part of your identity. And it's totally like okay to still lean into those loves and to still configure them as a part of your journey, right? Mm -hmm. I feel that once a lot of people choose the specialty that they choose, they like to just go gung-ho. Like they like to lean into that stereotype. And I've done that too. The moment that I decided to like rank pediatrics higher, I leaned into like that stereotype about like what a pediatrician is Mm -hmm. A lot more but I think like we need to like give the grace that there is so much more like nuance to specialty decision making and like what we love in medicine yeah mm-hmm. and that kind of like also is perpetuated I think by the branding culture of our school too mm-hmm. like figuring out your brand so that you can put together a perfect application to apply to like this very specific specialty and I think like that makes the process very complicated I want to acknowledge, too, in that vein, that we function in a medical system that silos specialties, that Mm -hmm. you go into one specialty and that is your focus and your life and you must sacrifice all your other interests. Mm -hmm. What you were saying has you can still do reproductive justice. You can still have those aspects that drew you to OB. But I also want to put a plug that like that system of siloed specialties isn't functional and isn't Mm -hmm. necessarily Mm -hmm. a good model. And we can start to change that. 
um, and break it down. You can, if you wanted to, you could work in an interdisciplinary pediatrics and OBGYN clinic. Um, oh, we could start it. <gasps> yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, so the so Oh my gosh. You guys so at our soulmate <laughs> clinic. Yeah, yeah. Look at me, matchmaker. I know. We're going to have like a picture of Margot like framed in our clinic. Like, I'll just be the psychiatrist. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. true. Oh, true. Oh my gosh. So you guys, cool. a bundle of hers. Like, and none clinic. of us are in medicine, which is funny. Yeah. It's like bundle of hers, the heart. You'd think at least one person would have been studying the heart. Cardiology. Yeah. It's okay. Bundle. We just yeah. Yeah. appropriated them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people appropriate things in I medicine. Know, right? So, <laughs> Are we too much? Oh, yeah. Are we too much? Our producer's like, no. Stop this right now. Um, a piece of advice coming from the ghost of matching past. And someone who's in a, a combined program, which kind of is the opportunity to do both, right? And I would say that I don't fully identify with the stereotypes of either pediatrics or psychiatry. And I do find myself in this middle. But what I will say that is really cool that started happening to me this year as a third year is I really felt more secure in that identity as a doctor or mm-hmm. as a healthcare provider because I was able to start doing clinic visits and I, I felt confident in oh, being yeah. able to talk with the patient, being able to know what medications, what diagnoses without having to second guess myself or rely. And of course, there's always, you know, there's always learning and going back to your community for like never ending learners, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we are as doctors. But like that part of me, I would like to impart on you is I feel like in medical school, we feel so much pressure and like influence from other people from these um, snapshots in third year of what we get to taste of each specialty. But I think you will really feel rooted in whatever choice and whatever career you make, as long as it's filling your cup. But also like as you gain knowledge, as you gain confidence, that's when you really become rooted in your specialty. Oh, I love that. That's so hopeful. That's so beautiful, Margo. I'm glad that you still have some hopefulness deep in you. (laughs) It gives me hope. Whenever Margo has hope or her G, like the residents, I'm like, okay, it's going to be okay. (laughs) Be okay. It will be okay. Even with my 80 hour work weeks, be fine. 80 plus hour work weeks. Yeah. It'll be okay. (laughs) It's okay. We'll break that system down too. Yeah. (laughs) We'll break it down. down. We're going to burn it down. Okay. Well, I feel like that Margo's hopefulness is a beautiful way to end things. Um, so to our dear listeners, I hope that this conversation either resonated with you or got you really thinking about specialty choices and identities and whatnot. Um, and if you like feel like particularly inclined, we have these really sweet power from identity pins. Like they are like really nicely. They're really cool. Very beautiful. Great for your lanyard, for your backpack, for whatever you want. Um, so if you drop a message on our Bundle of Hers IG page at Bundle of Hers, um, we will be able to give you one of these pins. Like as you reflect on this episode, um, we would love to hear from you. Um, great. That's it. Bye. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Um, you can listen to us wherever you listen oh, to yeah. podcasts. <laughs> Bye.